The following podcast is sponsored by Endgame PR, a social media PR firm based near Richmond, Virginia. To learn more about how Endgame PR can help your business with media relations, social media management, content creation, and even podcast production, please visit endgamepr.com. That's E-N-D-G-A-M-E-P-R.com. Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. In this special off-season edition, host George Templeton reviews what's been happening since the last time the Rams hit the court. And now, here's George. All right, so it's happened. Bones Highland has made his decision, and he is going to test the NBA draft waters, and we're going to get into all of that. But first, before we do that, let's do a shout-out to VCU's field hockey team, which won the Atlantic 10 regular season as the number one seed in the A-10 tournament uh, that will commence on Friday. As far as I know, that is the first regular season conference championship for the program. Congratulations, ladies. Good luck uh, winning the A-10. and What a year it's been for uh, for women's sports uh, at VCU, and, and what a joy it is uh uh, for for me and all the other VCU folks to to see this kind of uh, unprecedented su- success for these teams, it's absolutely outstanding. Also, uh, the breaking news as well is that Levi Stockard, as as he had said earlier in the season, he will be coming back for an extra year that he got. He was a fifth year. He was a you know grad transfer, and it was his fifth year, and that was going to be it. But the end, the NCAA gave everybody a mulligan because of COVID. He is coming back. Corey Douglas is not. Uh, sorry to see Corey Douglas go, but you know he's he's been fantastic since for VCU since he's come. Uh, been a been a willing, uh, grinding tough guy for us on the in the front line. Great defensive player, great teammate, uh, great kid, great young man to coach by uh, by the things that Mike Rhodes said, and uh, the kind of person that's going to be a success in whatever he does. You you suspect. And interesting too, I, I reading the story that was in the uh, was in the Times Dispatch on Richmond.com that he got that part of his uh, part of his education has been work at the VCU Sports Center for leadership. So who knows? Maybe maybe coaching's in his future. Maybe he'll be prowling the sidelines for VCU at some point. I think we'd all like that. I think I'd like that. So good luck to Corey Douglas, uh, uh, a guy who's represented uh, the jersey very well and has represented this university very well. We're very proud of him. But of course, the big story is the Atlantic 10 Player of the Year, first team all-conference, Bones Highland, who put out this statement on Twitter. And and the main thing is this, uh, and I'm just going to hit the high points here, and that is, you know, he says, the past two years with Ram Nation have been the most exciting and rewarding time of my life. The VCU experience will continue to be a part of who I am as a person and athlete. The lessons learned will be with me forever as I approach the next the next set of life challenges. And then he says, finally, to the entire VCU coaching staff and, and my teammates, and this is after he was thanking uh, a variety of other uh, people, uh, he says, I thank you. Through the tough battles and adversity we faced over the years, I wouldn't want to go to war with any other group of guys. We each played a huge part in my success, and I appreciate that. I thank you guys for making me a better player and leader over the last two years. 
I've come a long way with the help and guidance of each of you. Each of you, I love you all. With that being said, through deep conversations with my close family, I will be declaring for the 2021 NBA draft with the intent to sign an agent. Thank you and go Rams. Now, interestingly, it used to be if you signed with an agent, that was it. You were in the draft pool. That was it. You couldn't go back. Now, and this is something that uh, my producer pointed out to me, is that it has changed. You can go back. If you sign with an NBA Players Association, an NCAA-approved agent, you can go back, but you have to sever your ties with that agent uh, if you do go back. And then there is a deadline, and I've written it down here. I think it's July nineteenth is, is when they got to make is when the decision has to be made whether you go back or not. So it looks like he's definitely going, but there is a chance he could come back. You would think that everything of the, these decisions he's made has been in consultation with Coach Rhodes, that he's been talking to him the whole time, and that we're not going to have a situation like what happened, I think, with the, with somebody from USC. And I remember hearing about this during the tournament, who was at Kansas, entered, entered the draft pool, and Bill Self thought he was going to stay in the draft pool. And then when he wanted to, wanted to come back, Bill Self's like, I don't have a spot for you. And I think he ended up helping him get a transfer to Southern California. I can't imagine, given how important Bones Highland's been to this team and this program, that there isn't that that Mike Rhodes doesn't have a way of keeping a spot open for him if he were to decide, okay, uh, I'm not going to go, I'm, I'm going to come back, and I want to come back to VCU. So I would presume, because Bones Highland doesn't strike me as a type that that wouldn't keep keep the head coach and his coaches and his teammates surprised at what's going on that there hasn't been something for that. That said, uh, you can't stand still in this world. VCU's got some got some new signings. They've got some guys that are transferring here. And there will be a pod dealing with all of that uh, coming up soon. Uh, don't worry about that. And I will, I will uh, happily get into all that in serious detail. But I, I want to kind of leave that aside for now. So let's talk about Highland's case the pros and the cons and I'm going to start with the pros because in my view there are a lot more cons to this but let me start with the pros the NBA has changed and the success of Steph Curry and the success of Trey Young doesn't mean that you can that there's such a thing as too small and I suppose you could argue you know that was even true with Allen Iverson but Allen Iverson's just a whole nother level um you know Steph I mean Nachon Bones Highland is called has earned that nickname for a reason. You know, 6'3", 170, very slight frame. Or excuse me, 175. There, there was a time when it, when when that kind of size of a guard would 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 be lucky to get a look in at all. And and Curry's success and Trey Young's success and the way the NBA is officiated now has changed that. Granted. You know, one of the th- problems Highland's going to face is is that he's going to be giving up plenty of size to a lot of opposing guards. But one thing that's going to help him in that regard that's going to that's going to help offset that for teams, in my opinion, is the fact that Highland is a willing defender. He's an energetic defender. You know, he's not. He's uh, you can't. I can't think of a time where I ever saw him play for the Rams and then he dogged it on the defensive end. And the fact that he's coming from a program where defense is one of its calling cards, that will be attractive to NBA teams. NBA teams will 
surely must know that that with VCU, any of them that's you know that's looked at Highland and scouted him or looked at the tape, they'll know that 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 defense is one of the things VCU hangs its hat on, and Bones Highland is 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 putting a shift in there just as, as much as he is on the offensive end. So to me, that's a big positive for him. What his attitude is a big positive. He's very coachable. There's no doubt about that. And NBA coaches will certainly enjoy that. But but the thing that I think is going to help him the most in the interview process is that his passion for the game and his passion to improve his own game is going to be evident. That is going to come out with his personality. And I think coaches and GMs will like that a lot. I think they will react to that very positively because, look, you know, you, you deal – you get these super talents in college, and some of them think they know it all already, and their game is awesome, and they don't need to refine it, they don't need to get better, and they can be difficult to deal with. That's not going to be the case with Bones Highland. I'm fairly, fairly confident of that. And something else. You know, we I, I, I remember talking about the fact that in his freshman year, during one of the, one of the post-game pods, the fact that, you know, that offense really struggled down the stretch when he had to become the point guard when Marcus Evans was injured, and he could get his own offense but really couldn't get any offense for anybody else. He's evolved in that regard. And look, for somebody of his size, you're almost always going to be put into the point guard position whether you can really play it or not. He demonstrated the ability in several games this year, most notably the game at Dayton, which I always talk about as, as one of his greatest, if not his greatest game, in a VCU uniform, he has demonstrated the ability to run a team, to to sacrifice his own game, to try to get other people going, to try to figure out a way to conduct an offense, to marshal offense, to get people their shots, to to produce an offense that can that can uh, get you enough points to win. He's demonstrated that ability, so it's not that ridiculous to think that he can play point guard in this league. Is he a natural point? No, and 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 just me personally, I, I'm always I'm always going to lean towards the more natural point guards, uh, the guys the guys who you know played it in high school, played it in college. Uh, but he's not he's not one of these guys, and and Curry and Trey Young are kind of these guys to a degree, but they're they're so good at at the point guard stuff that they that that you could trust him there. But he's not one of these guys that we've seen. In the NBA, for you know, for the last twenty years, that's really a shooting guard only, and they because of their size, they're put into the point guard, and it just, it's just not going to work very well with them running a team. Highland, in my opinion, has demonstrated the ability to run a team now. That his game has come along, and and the thing is, it probably still needs a little work. But you again, as I said, he's I I think he's going to demonstrate that he's willing to evolve his game, willing to improve his game willing to be coached to be able to do that. So I, I, I can envision him successfully running an NBA offense as a point guard in the future. And to me, that is in his favor. And of course, the most obvious point, the range that he's got, if that ball's coming over half court. And again, this is, this is becoming more common because of, because of the success of Steph Curry and, the, and all these guards now that sh- can sh- that can shoot the ball as soon as they walk in the gym because they've got that kind of range. They're all imitating him and Clay Thompson. 
the Highlands no different. We've seen all the crazy three-pointers from 30 feet plus. He's got that in his locker. He's a great scorer. He can get his own shot, and he can do it both ways. He can stand back there and just jack that thing up from 35 feet and put it in, or he can bust your tail and get down low. And what will be interesting is, and that's and this is when we get to the cons, we're going to talk about this. Uh, he's shown the ability to take some contact, but it's a whole different matter when you're going in, in the NBA. So the pros are there. There are plenty of pros uh, there to say, yes, this is the right time for him to come out. Yes, if he gets in the NBA, he can make it. He absolutely can make it. Now, selfishly, I didn't want him to go for a lot of obvious reasons, but but now we're going to get into the reasons why he shouldn't. Now, it's interesting. Uh, NBADraft.net, which I love and have and have been a consumer of for, gosh, I mean, probably nearly, probably over a decade, probably almost a decade and a half. Now, it's again, admittedly, this is March 9th, so this is before the tournament and everything that happened. Hell, this is before... If I'm not mistaken, this is before even the A-10 final, which to me, if you're talking about negative tape, that is by far the worst tape Highland's got anywhere, is that is that A-10 final, especially that first half. Highland was 31st on their draft board, which is pretty strong. 31st, he had moved up a huge amount of spots. But again, that's before the tournament, before everything that happened. And to give you an, exa- and, and to give you an example of how much being in that tournament changes things, when I looked at that top 100 list for NBADraft.net, you know who wasn't on it? Johnny Juzang. When you go to NBADraft.net's uh, mock draft that they have that's on the front of the site today, Johnny Juzang is at the bottom of the flipping lottery in 14th. So that's what the tournament can do for you, and that's the first big drawback for Bones Highland. He didn't get to play in the NCAA tournament. We know why that is. The less said about it, the better. And the problem that that team that that players can have is that, unlike the NFL, where you have so many opportunities, you have not just the bowl, you not you not just don't have the regular season tape and the bowl games, to, which is to me where the draft process really begins in the NFL. You have All Star games like the Senior Bowl and practice weeks, and the NFL Combine still a big enough deal that it matters that it can change the fortunes of a, of a player that's in the draft pool. In the NBA, you don't really have that. I don't even know if the Portsmouth Invitational Tournament exists anymore. That used to be kind of a big thing and sort of the closest thing to a senior bowl equivalent in basketball. I'm not even sure it exists anymore. And even if it does, given that we're still in the pandemic, I don't even know if we're, they're going to have it. And there really is no – outside of that, there isn't an equivalent to a, to an all-star game like the Senior Bowl where you have a week of practices where you can show off and then you have the game where you can show off. There's no equivalent to that. And the NBA does have a combine now, but it's not very old. And and sure you can measure certain things there and it's great and if you and if you're taller than what you listed, that's cool. And you know, your your vertical leap and all these other things, it is not that impactful. And and that's a good thing in the sense that it shouldn't be because it isn't you know, the physical traits are one thing, and they are important in the NBA. You'd rather be, if you're going to be a guard and you're going to get drafted, you'd rather be 6'5", 6'6", 6'7", than 6'2", or 6'3". And you'd rather be 230 pounds or 225 pounds than 175. But if you can play, it don't mean jack. We know this. 
you know, and if you can find a way to stick in the lead, like some of these guys have, like the Tyron loser of the world, who weren't that who wasn't that big a guard either, and yet made a good living as a backup guard, stayed in this league, was it 13, 14 years, and of course now he's an NBA championship head coach. You know, if you can play or you can do you can come off the bench and do something, or if you're just one of them guys that's that understands the game, thinks thinks the game really well and gets the trust of the coaches, you can stick in this league a long time. So, But the point is, it is without the NCAA tournament, which is by far the showcase that can change a person's draft stock, that can have them zooming up the, back, up the, up the board like a Johnny Juzang. You know, you look at, and, and I'll give you a perfect example, uh, the ESPN list. Where where Juzang was fiftieth a couple weeks ago, you know April eighth, a couple weeks ago, uh, and he's going up and up and up now, you know, and, and that that is because of that incredible tournament performance. So Highland doesn't have the tournament performance. That's a big problem. That is a big problem. Six three one seventy five. Even in this different era of the NBA, is tough. He is a young man with a slight frame. Now we talked about. I just mentioned about how he's willing to put the ball on the deck, go to the basket, take some contact. But it's one thing doing that in the Atlantic 10 Conference. And even with some big boys in that conference, you know, it's one thing. It's another thing doing that in the NBA when you're playing against men. Grown, big, tough, uh, well-put-together guys. Huge guys that you bounce off them, it's going to hurt. Not them is going to hurt you. And being 6'3", 175 with a slight frame, which means, in my opinion, Highland, and you know he'll work hard, you can only put but so much muscle on a frame like that. You just It's just the way it is. You know, certain people can get huge and big and really, really strong, and certain people can get ripped and shredded, but they can't get big. And I think Highland's one of those folks. He could be ripped and shredded, but in terms of putting on really big muscle, you know, it's just not going to happen with that frame. And you wonder about a guy that size trying to drive into the lane, trying to deal with guards that are bigger than him, as good a defensive player as he is. You know, if he's given up three inches and anywhere from 25 to 40 pounds or 50 pounds on a guard he's guarding, it's going to be tough because he's going to get posted up. And that's something he wouldn't have dealt a lot with in college is, is having to is getting posted up by guys and having to guard his guy on the block. So that's something he's going to have to figure out and 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 work on. And that's going to be really tough for him. So six three one seventy three is a barrier. It absolutely is a barrier uh, uh, for him. And then there's this. So the NBA Draft.net's got him really high. But again, not updated since March ninth. So take that for what you will. On ESPN's one hundred. He's 69th, and that's not even getting drafted. That is not even getting drafted. And let's let's talk about this too. And granted, this this has been around for a while. Now more second round picks are getting guaranteed deals, which is great because that used to not happen a lot. But but in the last you know 10, 15 years, because there's been a lot of really good second uh, players in the second round uh, that have been, that have produced teams have been willing to give them guaranteed contracts just to make sure. If they turn out to be really good, they can get away. The other thing is, it used to be, if you were a second-round pick, you could sometimes hit free agency quicker than the first-round picks and hit the lottery. 
Gilbert Arenas. The reason there's a Gilbert Arenas rule. Gilbert Arenas was picked in round two out of Arizona. Blew up in his two years with Golden State. Was a restricted free agent. And because Golden State was over the cap, they couldn't match the contract offer, and he went to Washington. Now, they've changed that rule. So so if you're over the cap and you have a second-round pick that goes off, you can use exceptions, mid-level, whatever, to try to keep a guy like that there. So you can't even you don't even have that advantage you used to have a second round pick that you can strike it rich and hit the lottery early if you really, really blow up. So there's that. But there are cautionary tales here for Nashawn Highland Bones Highland, and I can give you this one because I'm a Maryland fan. Now Melo Trimble was very good his first two years at Maryland, and after his sophomore year, a lot of people were saying he was a first round pick. He should have come out. He decided not to. And if you want to say anything about the cautionary tale that way, not striking while the iron is hot, well, Mello Trimble's that. So he comes back his junior year. He plays. He doesn't play as well. For whatever reason, uh, GMs and stuff cooled on him. Mello Trimble declares for the draft and gets undrafted. And by the way, so many guys declare for the draft, stay in the draft process, and don't get drafted because you've got a lot of international players, some of which will be on these top 100 lists and these big board lists you're looking at, but some of them who aren't, who get drafted, and even and often by teams that are drafting and stashing because they don't have any room on their roster, so they draft an international guy that they've seen that's got some promise and then just basically sit on him for two or three years. But now you got G League guys. You've got these high schoolers that went to the G League for one year who are getting drafted now. So you have those guys, and you have guys, high schoolers that have gone abroad, like LaMelo Ball did, played in Australia, or Brandon Jennings, who played in Italy. They're getting drafted. So right now, where Highland is sitting at 69, it's a, it's a steep climb just to get drafted. And I just want to tell you, this this is Melo Trimble's professional career since he went undrafted. So that summer, he played with the 76ers in the Summer League, as, as often what happens, a lot of undrafted guys get a shot in the Summer League. He then hooks up with the Timberwolves in preseason, plays a few games from them, that's it. So this is it. After that, he goes to the G League and plays for the Iowa Wolves. He goes to the Australians, Australia's NBL National Basketball League and plays for the Cairns uh, Tapans. Then he goes to Puerto Rico and plays for the Piratas de Quebradillas. I hope I'm saying that right. Then it's back to Australia for Melbourne United. Then it's to the Spanish League, which is one of the best leagues outside of America in the world, to play for Estudiante. And then now for Fuel Nebrada. That's where... Melo Trimble is. He's playing in Spain, and he ain't playing for Barcelona or Real Madrid. He's one of the big clubs. He's playing for Fuel Nebrada. And his NBA dream might as well be in another dadgum galaxy. If you don't get drafted, it is not impossible to make the NBA, but it is so hard. And Melo Trimble was a damn good guard with a lot of ability, with physical skills and tools that were there. And he doesn't get drafted, and look at where he is. Again, if he ever makes the NBA, it's going to be kind of miraculous for him. And again, you've got late bloomers that do it, that play in Europe forever and then get a chance, you know, do well in a preseason, get a 10-day contract, and it happens all the time. And it certainly could happen for Highland, but I would just I would caution Bones. 
if you really if the NBA is your goal, and really that is the goal here, you absolutely have to get drafted, and that is not a certain not it's not a sure thing right now. It's not even close. And just think about that. Go to that go to that advisory committee and see what happens. But leave yourself the opportunity to come back because I can tell you this: if you do come back, we know how good VCU can be. We know they're going to be loaded. We know they're going to be motivated after what happened uh, with the NCAA and us getting kicked out of the tournament because of the COVID nonsense. And you get that opportunity in the tournament next year, you can you can just turn everything around. The, the history of the NBA draft is littered with guys who were well off the radar, who were fringe draftees even, never mind getting picked in the first round. The, the archetype is John Wallace of Syracuse in 90, I think it was 97, who was on nobody's mind as a first round pick and then had the tournament of his life for Syracuse and ended up getting picked late in the lottery. It can absolutely happen to anybody, and Bones, it could happen to you next year. I wish him all the best in the world, but I don't want him to be another mellow Trimble. A guy that declares, stays in the draft pool, doesn't get drafted. Because once that happens, it is incredibly hard to get in the league and stick. You've basically got one summer league if you're lucky, maybe two. And then you got to hope that you catch fire in preseason. And somebody looks at you and says, ah, you know what, let's give that kid a 10-day contract. And then you're just just scratching and clawing and scratching and clawing and scratching and clawing. And again, it's not impossible. And it's certainly not impossible for Bones Highland to make the league if he doesn't get drafted. But it is a long way away. It is a very difficult process. And in terms of taking care of the family and all that, you're not going to get the kind of money that you're looking for. And certainly not if you're not going to get picked in round one. So that is that is the pros and the cons of this. I, of course, wish whatever Bones Highlands ends up doing, if he stays in the draft or if he comes back, he and every I'm sure every VC, other VCU fan feels the same way. You got our full support. and We're all cheering for you. But it is a hard road that I think he's going to face. Um, he can wow everybody in workouts, maybe. He can... He can ace the interview process. I have no doubt about it. But you don't have that NCAA tournament tape. And and and, thank, and thankfully or not thankfully, it still is sort of heartwarming in a sense that NBA teams care about that. That because, that the analytics that and everything else that that is kind of taken over every other sport. That it still matters what you do in a big postseason spot because that's. That crucible of the NCAA tournament is the best preparation for the crucible of the NBA. And that's and, and that's why it's so important. So we will see what happens, and we will, of course, all be waiting with bated breath. I'm sure we'll hear about who Highland is signed with and whether they're an approved agent or not. Uh, of course, if they're not an approved agent, then it doesn't matter. Then he's out, and that's the end of it. The good news is VCU, it appears, from some of the some of the transfers that have come in and some of the signings they've made have been prepared for this possibility and they still are going to be a pretty darn good team next year. That's that's the view of it I have, but of course we will delve deeper into that in a later pod coming uh uh up probably in the next few weeks or in the next week or so, I'm not sure. Uh, 
it's been a wild, crazy time at work. I got family coming into town, so I have no idea when the heck, when the next chance I will have after this evening to uh, record a pod of all of that. But I want to thank everybody for listening. If you're listening to this on Podbean or Apple Podcast or wherever, thank you for listening. Rate, review, and subscribe. Tell your friends. Share it around. And until next time, I will be looking forward to talking to you when we get to talk about all the incomings. We've had a lot of outgoings. Can't wait to talk about the incomings for VCU because they are excited. They are very exciting. Thank you all for listening. Have a good night, good day, wherever you are, whenever you listen. To submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.